Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. Christmas week yeah. <laughs> episode. It'll be the day after Christmas that this comes out, I think. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, Merry, Merry whatever you're doing. Postmas. <laughs> Merry post everything. We've missed it all. But now that you're here with your gifts and you've got nothing better to do, <laughs> here we are. Oh. I might have a an appropriate article. A Christmas miracle. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't, because mine is a... French guy who died on rocks. Ah. Yeah. Geoffroy Dalverne. Live he was a French painter from living from twenty nineteen twenty two to nineteen seventy seven and he fell off some rocks and he died. Uh. <laughs> That's the no. entire article. It has nothing else about him. There's so just not even some a, guy who died. There's not even a citation. <laughs> there's no citation for any of this. This person's existence is one sentence, How is and it that? is not cited, <laughs> and there is nothing here. Okay, I just want to check out what this article looks like. Yeah, it's uh, Geo FF Roy space D A U V E R G N E. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty bad. Alright. Well, my article is Bertilda Samper Acosta. And this was a nun. Um, born 1856, died 1910. She was Colombian. And she was a Poor Claire Nunn, a poet and a writer, and um, although most of her poetry was remained has remained pu- unpublished, she is known for her revision and expansion of the Novena of Aguinados, a popular devotional novena of Advent during the Christmas season in Colombia. Hey, there we go. Also popular in Ecuador and Venezuela. Well, there's a link to Christmas season in Colombia yep. from this article. So let's go with this and let's go ahead and get on into this Christmas season yeah. in Colombia. <laughs> wow. Christmas traditions come Look at that picture. That's magical. Whoa. There is a picture to the right of this uh, subheading in this article. The Medellin River during the lighting of the Medellin. Wow. That's right by the city of Medellin as well. There are a bunch of like lit up waves and (laughs) lily pads of lights. Yeah, this every, is how you do Christmas decorations. Yeah. Every palm tree is decorated and lit. This is some crazy cool stuff. Yeah, it's like... It's all colored properly, like all... Um, like the water effects of the waves are blue. Lily pads are green. And... Is that like flowers or fire back there? Yellow. Uh, I think... Those are some fly, f- flowers. They're supposed yeah. to be flowers, for sure. Oh, yeah. This is really cool. Very extensive, too. Like, it goes all the way up the river and, like, around mm-hmm. the bend. It's really neat. <laughs> so, this is uh, Christmas Traditions in Colombia. And it... Um, 
Obviously, Christmas is a public holiday in Colombia and is primarily a religious religious celebration. And I like the way they say this. Presents are brought by El Nino Jesus slash Nino Dios. (laughs) Baby Jesus. (laughs) So I guess they don't do Santa Claus. Nope. A little little baby. A little floating Jesus baby just brings all the presents and levitates them down with his Jesusness. (laughs) El Nino Jesus brings the gifts. Baby Jesus. (laughs) And... The uh, Christmas decorations put up as early as the beginning of November, which they don't have Thanksgiving to worry about, so that's acceptable. Um, But the unofficial start of the Christmas festivities takes place on December 7th, the Dia de las Velitas, or the Day of the Candles. And that's when... Everything in town is decorated with candles and paper lanterns, and they illuminate the cities and towns with a yellow glow to honor the Immaculate Conception on the following day, December 8th. Now, in many cities, neighborhoods get together and decorate the whole neighborhood, turning streets into virtual tunnels of light. Uh, Many radio stations and local organizations hold contests for the best display of lights, Making the competition for the best light show a serious event, the city of Medellin had become popular as a tourist destination during the holiday season because of its Christmas lights. Activities such as musical events and fireworks displays are often planned by cities and held during this time, and individually launched fireworks were a common item during the Christmas season in Colombia. Now that I can get behind. Yeah. Often going on at any time of the day in many (laughs) cities. Uh, however, a recent ban has decreased the individual use of fireworks, and now only cities or towns may hold fireworks displays. I would like more holidays to have fireworks. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to just be for July 4th. Why not for more holidays? They're just festive. Yeah. Not necessarily patriotic. Heck, they're, they're, the Chinese invented them. Like, they're not <laughs> patriotic. I'm sorry to break it to you. Um, unless you're really behind selling us to China. Um, December 16th is the first day of the Christmas Novena, a devotion consisting of prayer said on nine successive days, the last one being held on Christmas Eve. The Novena is promoted by the Catholic Church as a staple of Christmas, and it's very similar to the Postas celebrated in Mexico. It is a call for understanding of the religious meaning of Christmas and a way to counter the commercialism of the Christmas season. Individual traditions concerning the novena may vary, but most families set up a persebra, or a manger scene, and sing religious carols called venancicos, accompanied by tambourines, bells, and other simple percussion instruments. They also read verses from the Bible, as well as an interpretation which may change from year to year. Uh... Novenas serve as beautiful religious gatherings as well as learning environments for young children since kids have a central and active role in the celebration of them. There's also reindeer games, or <laughs> more accurately, games played from December 16th through 24th called Aguinaldos. After making a pinky promise deciding the prize. And the punishment for the loser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Important detail. Yeah. I totally didn't stop reading because <laughs> I accidentally skipped down to a Christmas country, a Christmas tradition for a totally other country. That's not something that just happened. Um, but yeah, these games include Hablar y no contestar, which means talk but don't answer, and De pero no reciben, give but don't receive, uh, Pajita en boca. Straw in the mouth and tray pies three feet. Thought it was going to be three pies, didn't you? I hoped. And then there's Beso Robato, and that's stolen kisses. Oh, oh, oh. And C E I'll know, yes or no. And then churches offer dawn and nightly masses during the nine days of the novena. Culminating with the Misa de Gallo, 
or Rooster's Mass on Christmas Eve at midnight. Midnight? My goodness. Yeah, that's what that's what people do. Have like, you ever been to a Catholic Mass? They 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 get serious Christmas Eve, man. They're up. They're at midnight Mass. <laughs> Wait, so they get up at midnight? Well, I mean, or stay up till midnight. It depends what you want to do. I mean, you don't have mm. to be up the entire day, but a lot of people don't want to go to a midnight Mass like they're afraid they're gonna fall asleep, yeah. so they like sleep <laughs> after work or whatever, and then they wake up for it. Wow. So it says Christmas Eve is the most important day of Christmas in Colombia. Huh. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, family and friends get together to pray the last novena and wait until midnight to open presents. And then parties are held until sunrise on Christmas Day. So kind of like a New Year's celebration a little bit. Almost, yeah. And then kids stay up late playing games with their new presents and fireworks fill the skies. And then families gather around meals, music, and singing. And because Christmas Eve is the most important day, little occurs on December 25th. Huh. And then families join Christmas Day Mass, although it is not necess- is not nearly as festive as Christmas Eve. Man, it's much different from, you know, traditions yeah. or in America where you typically, like, wait until you wake up on Christmas morning. Yeah. And it's kind of frowned upon to like, no, we can't open presents on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in my house, I know it's a tradition that we, we cheat the system a little bit. We get one present. We can choose yeah, we one thing. One thing that you can open. But like, just don't go and hog wild on Christmas Eve. No. <laughs> no, you can't do that. I have to wait one more day. <laughs> it's all the, the joy of it, you know? Yeah. But with them, it's just like... As soon as midnight rolls around, Screw you start turning. Screw it. Let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then the, even after um, Christmas, then there's still another like Christmassy kind of event called Dia de los Santos Inocentes, or the Day of the Innocents, which falls on December 28th, and it's a day to commemorate the innocent infants who were said to have been killed by King Herod in fear of the power of the newborn baby Jesus. And January 6th, the day of the revelation of the Magi, or the Epiphany, is called Reis Magos. And it used to be a day of gift-giving, but is celebrated less now since gifts are given mostly around Christmas Eve today. And some families still give presents, and it is also the day when godparents give Christmas presents. Mm. Man, that would have been a lot of presents. There's a lot of, like, holidays going on, though. Like, think about yeah. that. There's, like, a nine-day celebration leading up to Christmas. It's practically Hanukkah at yeah, that point. that's true. <laughs> so they do, like, a, a jazzed-up Hanukkah with more gifts and more lights. And fireworks. And fireworks. <laughs> like, that's that sounds like a really fun Christmas season, honestly. Yeah. It'd be something to check out. Yeah, for sure. Not only that, but you can tell that it's definitely way warmer in Mandolin than it is oh, here. Yeah. Like yeah. they have, they have lights on the river, but the river is still water. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you know that's a thing. Yeah, that must be nice. Indeed. Well, we're in this article now for Christmas traditions, and it does kind of give you like we're in South America, right? Or in Americas right now. But there is a bunch of other countries in here. Mm. We could skip around to, like, different continents. Yeah. This article has a lot of options. Give, give, like, you know, one good country from each continent to kind of give it an example. Let's start from the very top of the article here. We'll start with Africa, which is arguably the one that I think is probably going to fall off the radar pretty quick because mm. Africa is predominantly Muslim. Yeah. Um, but there are some countries that celebrate Christmas traditions. Uh, three of which are that are mentioned are South Africa, which isn't surprising, Nigeria, and Ethiopia and Eritrea. Which of those would be good? Hmm. Um, I'm personally surprised that uh, Nigeria is on there. I thought Nigeria would definitely wouldn't have celebrated it, but hmm. well, yeah, it does say here that. Um Nigeria is about equally divided between Christians and Muslims. Huh. Well, that's cool. And it does say here that Nigeria, I guess we're doing Nigeria now, yeah, uh, is, Nigeria. Christmas Day is a public holiday. 
It is always marked by the emptying of towns and cities as Nigerians that have been successful returning to their ancestral villages to be with family and to bless those to be less for- who are less fortunate. Uh, as the town's empty, police jam the West African markets to buy and transport live... Or, sorry, not pe- police, but people jam the West African markets to buy and transport live chickens, goats, and cows that will be needed for Christmas meals. Oh. Yeah, and then on Christmas Eve, uh, traditional meals are prepared according to the traditions of each region. And rather than having sweets and cakes, they tend to prepare various meats in large quantities. And in the south, a dish called yolof rice is served with stews of various meats along with boiled beans and fried plantains. And in the north, rice and stew, as well as tuan shinkafa, a rice pudding served with various meat stews is preferred and also in the north um, several local desserts are also made which is hardly ever found in other parts of Nigeria and an alternative to in both regions but more favored in the south is a pepper soup with fish goat or beef which may also be served with fufu or pounded yam and it's uh, served with this food are an array of mainly alcoholic drinks, such as the traditional palm wine or various local and imported beers and wines. Hmm. And children and women may be served locally made soft drink equivalents instead. Uh, gift giving in Nigeria often involves money and the flow of gifts from more fortunate to the less so. After the successful visitors have come from their towns, cities, and from overseas, they're given some time to settle in, and afterwards, local relatives begin approaching them asking for assistance of some kind, whether financial or not. Financial donations are an elaborately wrapped gifts may be given out at lavish parties, weddings, and ceremonies. Sometimes the money is scattered in the air to be grabbed by the others or stuck onto <laughs> the sweaty foreheads of those dancing. So that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of neat. That's a different, definitely a different dynamic. Yeah, for sure. All right. So next in line here is the continent of Asia. Uh, some of the ones they list are China, Hong Kong, Japan, which probably has the most extensive Christmas traditions. Mm. Uh, South Korea, South Asia, India, and. Pakistan, but then there's also a subheading for Southeast Asia where Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, and Singapore, as well as Vietnam, also are. And then even for the Eastern Mediterranean countries of Assyria and Lebanon. I'm not really sure where to run now. <laughs> I'm still surprised that um, Hong Kong is not in China. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It had so much cultural development that culturally it's still very different. So I guess that's why they kind of like break it out. Whereas China is, you know, China doesn't care about Christmas, period. It's not a legal holiday. Not a legal holiday there. We will say that. It's like, you know, it's a public holiday in Hong Kong, which is under the jurisdiction of China. Hmm. But China itself does not celebrate it, so. It's interesting. Uh, where do we want to learn about how they celebrate? Maybe Japan? Japan seems like a solid one. Either there or like the Philippines. The Philippines Christmas traditions seem crazy. It's huge. Ooh. Look at all that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. But yeah, we can do whichever. Well, we could go with the Philippines, I suppose. Alright. A bit uh, lesser known than Japan, probably. I feel like Japan would probably be more traditional. Yeah, probably very traditional. Uh, so, Christmas in the Philippines. One of the... One of two predominantly Catholic countries in Asia, the other one being East Timor. Uh, Christmas is one of the biggest holidays on the calendar, and it's very widely celebrated. The country has earned the distinction of celebrating the world's longest Christmas season. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this is interesting, and all of a sudden, uh, when 
Christmas carols are heard as early as September 1st. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The season's traditionally ushered in by nine-day dawn masses that start December 16th. That sounds familiar. Uh, Known as the Misas de Aguinaldo, or Gift Masses, or Misa de Gallo, or Rooster's Mass, in the traditional Spanish. These masses are more popular, known as Tagalog and and Tagalog as the Simbang Gabby. (laughs) Usually, aside from the already legal holidays, which are Rizal Day, December 30th, and New Year's Eve, December 31st, other days in close proximity, such as Christmas Eve, December 24th, the Nino Sensus, December 28th, and Epiphany, usually January 6th, but now on the first Sunday of January, are also declared non-working days. So that's uh, September, October, November, December. So that's four months. That's a good, solid <laughs> quarter of the year. That's just Christmas music. <laughs> it's all Christmas music all the time. Wow. That's a dedication right there. Yeah. Yeah, so um, in many East Asian countries... Secular Christmas displays are common both in business establishments and in public, including lights, Christmas trees, Santa Claus in a tropical climate, um, and Christmas greetings in various foreign languages and various Philippine languages. And, and occasionally such displays are left in place even in summer. For example, the parole representing the Star of Bethlehem which led the three kings to the newborn baby Jesus. And for Filipinos, Christmas Eve on December 24th is celebrated with the Midnight Mass, and immediately after, the much-anticipated Noche Buena, the traditional Christmas Eve feast, which I have actually um, been at several Noche Buenas. What? Because my uh, grandfather was uh, Spanish, mm-hmm. like 100% Spanish. Mm. And so his family uh, down in Florida, they had Noche Buena parties. And I got to say, it is quite awesome because they would dig out a hole in the ground and then put a pig on a skewer and roast what? the pig. <laughs> oh, wow. That'd be... So, oh, wow. That sounds good. Yep. It was delightful. Um, but yeah, that's a... It's a very traditional Christmas Eve feast with lots and lots of food, lots and lots of family members, and they dine together around 12 midnight mm. on traditional Noche Buena Fair, which includes queso de bola, or a ball of cheese, and this is usually Edam cheese. And then there's a hot chocolate drink called Sokalat. And then there's Jamon, which is Christmas ham, Lechon, and roast chicken or turkey, pasta, Rolano, stuffed bangus or chicken. Bangus. <laughs> <laughs> And pandase and various desserts, including cakes and the ubiquitous fruit salad. Some people would also open presents at this time. On December 31st, New Year's Eve, uh, Filipino families gather for the Medianoche, or Midnight Meal, a feast that is also supposed to symbolize their hopes for a prosperous new year. In spite of the campaign against firecrackers, many Filipinos <laughs> still see these as the traditional means to greet the new year, and I agree with them. Good on you, Philippines. <laughs> the loud noises and sounds of merrymaking are also supposed to drive away bad spirits. Safer methods of merrymaking include banging on pots and pans <laughs> and blowing on car horns. Oh, must be a lot of fun. A lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. Folk beliefs also include encouraging children to jump at the stroke of midnight in the belief that they will grow up tall, displaying circular fruit and wearing clothes with dots and other circular designs to symbolize money, (laughs) eating 12 (laughs) grapes at 12 midnight for good luck in the 12 months of the year, and opening windows and doors 
during the first day of the new year to let in good luck. I feel like eating 12 grapes at 12 midnight would be kind of difficult. Yeah, it doesn't... Grapes... I mean, that's, a, that's not that's a midnight lot. food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Christmas officially ends on the Feast of the Three Kings, and that's also known as the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, so that would be that first Sunday of January. Although it used to be January 6th. And some children leave their shoes out in the belief that the three kings will leave gifts like candy or money inside. But the celebrations do not end there. Since 2011, as mandated by the Catholic Church, they are on the second Sunday of January in honor of the Lord Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. And the final salvo of these celebrations is marked by the Feast of the Black Nazarene every January 9th in Manila and Cagayan de Oro, but can also be, can also, due to the celebrations in honor of the Santo Nino, in the third and fourth Sundays of January in some places, can even extend till the final weeks of that month. So it looks like these. People in the Philippines are just celebrating Christmas like... Half of the year. <laughs> yeah. Literally half the year. September through the end of January. It's obnoxious. Crazy. Absolutely Man. crazy. Maybe they just don't have any other holidays going on. Maybe not. In America, we don't have any room for any other celebration to continue. It's like... You gotta you go... Know, you got your Halloween. You got your Thanksgiving. Then Christmas. Then New Year's. And then, you know... Get ready for Valentine's Day, man. Yeah. Like get out, like you had your January holiday. You got to throw out all our old decorations, get ready for the new ones. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. That's what you're up against. <laughs> it's just a matter of like staying timely. So you know so, we don't I mean, have that luxury in America. We're kind of always celebrating something, but it just kind of like we move on to the next holiday instead of just having a you know Christmas celebration last from September to January. Okay, so let's check out something in the Americas. That's not boring. <laughs> well, technically, we've already done South America, so we should we really should check do... out North America. Yeah, we should check out North America somewhere. Uh, like maybe, I would say... Let's go for Cuba. <laughs> Cuba. Christmas was banned from 1969 to the late 1990s, it is now a one-day public holiday, and it is celebrated only in the evening. That is it. That's all they have to say about that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Christmas is banned. That's the wow. end. That's the end of the article. Christmas is canceled. That was a long ban. Yeah. They had an embargo on Christmas. <laughs> see. We got Europe. Yeah. Let's see what's going on in Europe. There are some crazy ones. Um... There's an article for Austria and Germany, an article for Austria, and also an article for Germany. <laughs> There's even an article just for German parodies and satire. Wow. Which, that's kind of piquing my interest right now. Yeah. And I don't know why. I feel like we've talked about Poland. Like, I know that we haven't, in this episode, mentioned Poland <laughs> even one time, but I just feel like I'm really tired of Poland for some yeah. strange unknown reason <laughs> I feel like I'm tired of talking about Poland like I've talked about it a lot today even though yeah. I haven't talked about it a lot this episode right it's weird it's a really strange thing that's happening yeah yeah I can't talk about it anymore it's, can't can't do it it's weird but hmm. Hmm. yeah let's let's do uh let's do um, Germany yeah. Do Germany, and we'll do the German uh, parody stuff. That seems like a good move. There are a lot of European countries on here, but none as interesting as Germany. Now, Germany Christmas traditions uh, do vary by region. Uh, till the Reformation, St. Nicholas's Day, December 6th, St. Nicholas was the main provider of the Christmas presents. Nicholas still puts goodies in children's shoes on that day. Sometimes St. Nicholas visits children in the kindergarten, schools, or at public events. 
They have to recite a short poem or sing a song in order to get sweets or a small gift. Necht Ruprecht. The servant Ruprecht. <laughs> dressed in dark clothes with devil-like traits. Usually noted as a long, bright red tongue and with a stick or a small whip in the hand. <laughs> Sometimes accompanies St. Nicholas. His duty is to punish those children who haven't behaved during the year, and usually he doesn't have much to do. <laughs> he merely stands near St. Nicholas as a warning to be good and polite. Nicholas, as well for some glue wine adult for adults, there are some traditions connected with local firefighters, riders associations, and church congregations. Okay. <laughs> Somebody just started typing and was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're doing here, but it's a sentence now. <laughs> Done. Nailed it. Not looking back. Okay. Alright, so the Sorbs, which is a minority in Saxony and parts of Brandenburg, with a language similar to Polish, have some specific traditions, e.g. in Janschwalde, the Bescherkind Janskowski Bog, or Presence Kid, is visiting the neighbors, a girl dressed in local custom, costume? Costume. <laughs> costume and veil, and goes around with two companions at the... Wednesday before Christmas. It provides smaller presents like sweets, similar to the Nicholas, <laughs> and provides blessings. Stays however silent. Similar to the Nicholas. <laughs> another, another tradition in Saxony is related to the wooden toy making in the Ore Mountains, especially Siphon Engelkirchen, Angel's Church. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait. No, that's the next one. Down. Yeah. Especially... Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Another tradition in Saxony is related to the children uh, wooden toy making in the Ore Mountains, especially Siphon, provides... Christmas-related decorations like Christmas pyramid <laughs> toys around the year. Christmas letters may be addressed, e.g., to Engelkirchen, Angel's Church, or Himmelforten, Heaven's Gate, or some other in municipalities with matching names. After privatization, Deutsche Post kept the tradition of dedicated Christmas offices, one in each state, answering letters and requests from children. Yeah, we're going to have to check out that Christmas pyramid. Christmas pyramid. <laughs> uh, currently, the actual Christmas gift-giving, or in German, the Becherung, usually takes place on Christmas Eve. And this tradition was introduced by reformator Martin Luther. As he, as, as he, as the of the opinion <laughs> that one should put the emphasis on Christ's birth and not on a saint's day, and do away with the connotation that gifts have to be earned by good behavior. The gifts should be seen as a symbol for the gift of God's grace in Christ. And this tradition quickly became common in predominantly Catholic regions as well. And gifts may be brought by the Weihnachtsman or the Christmasman, who resembles either St. Nicholas or the American Santa Claus, or by Christkindy, a sprite-like child who may or may not represent the baby Jesus. Until 1930, <laughs> there was sort of South north divide between the realms of southern and Silesian Christkind and Nordic why nots man after the gifts are opened the children often stay up as late as they like often till the early hours of the morning the Christmas tree is first put up and decorated on the morning of the 24th wow they wait so long (laughs) the gifts are then placed into the tree Christmas services in the church serve as well 
to exchange greetings with neighbors and friends. <laughs> After an evening meal, one of the parents usually goes into the room where the tree is standing, lights the candles, and rings a little bell. Then the children are allowed to go into the candlelit room. In many families, it is still a custom to sing Christmas songs around the tree before opening up the presents. Some families attend a midnight church service, Christmas, after the evening meal and gift giving. Man. So they put up their tree, put the presents under the tree, sing some songs, give the gifts, and they're out down of there. the tree. <laughs> they're out of there. They're done with it. Just I one day. kind of like that system. <laughs> it's very efficient. They probably don't get too many pine needles in their house, mm. even if they use a real tree. It's nice. Yeah. But they also have uh, the culinary feast, which either takes place at supper on Christmas Eve or on the first day of Christmas, which I guess would be the 25th Christmas. Uh, traditions vary from region to region. Carp is eaten in many parts of the country. Potato salad with frankfurter or Wiener sausages is popular in some families. Now that's weird. Hot dogs and potato salad for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> sound very festive, but I mean, Germany. I mean, yeah, yeah, Germany. Um, another simple meal, which some families favor, especially in regions where Christmas Eve is, still has the character of a fast day, is vegetable or pea soup. Hmm. In some regions, especially in Schleswig-Holstein, where Danish influence is noticeable, a roasted duck or goose filled with plums, apples, and raisins is family tradition. And in other regions, especially in Mecklenburg and Pomerania, many families prefer kale with boiled potatoes, special sausages, and ham. I wonder what a special sausage is. Uh, many families have developed new traditions for themselves and eat such meals as meat fondue or raclette. And in almost all families in all parts of Germany, you find a wide variety of Christmas cookies baked according to recipes typical for the family in the region. And then Lutenweinachten describes the hunting and forestry custom of providing a Christmas tree with food decorated for animals. So they decorate the Christmas tree for animals to eat off of. I guess so. Huh. Alright. Interesting hypothesis there. I feel like it would just welcome a lot of predatory <laughs> action that would not be nice, but whatever. Uh, finally, we get down to the German parodies and satires section. Heinrich Ball post-war short story Christmas not just once a year describes a Cologne Catholic family disaster which happens since Auntie Milla wants to keep her family Christmas traditions which had been saved luckily during the Allied bombing raids and post-war Tohu Wa Bohu and starts to demand continued Christmas customs for the whole year. After first desperate efforts, the family engages actors and a pensioned priest to allow for, but falls apart in the course of time. <laughs> the 2007 story, Erna der Bamnadelt, Erna, the fir trees needles fall, describes a botanic drama involving a scientific rescue mission related to Christmas by Robert Gernhardt, Bernd Eilert, and Peter Knorr in German, various German dialects. <laughs> Humorist Laureate's film... What? what why, why is there an apostrophe there? <laughs> <laughs> It's just an apostrophe. <laughs> Humorist Laureate <laughs> film <laughs> Weihnachten by Hoppenstitz of 1997 involves model nuclear station exploding under the tree and has <laughs> Prussian-educated grandfather Hoppenstedt humming the Helen's March with Radabruff and asking <laughs> for more Lameda. 
everyone mar la meta. Both statements become proverbial. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the best, the best survival. <laughs> What? Wow, God, the I last learned one, so much about that. That last one's really... <laughs> a, a nuclear station explodes under the tree, and so the <laughs> grandfather asks for more Lameda, humming... With Radabuff. Radabuff. What is Lameda? Tinsel. Wow. He finds Tinsel distracting. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So that was Europe. That was one small example of Europe. There are other weird ones going on. Uh, Poland has a large article on there. So does Denmark. And so does Finland. Finland has a huge, huge one. Iceland's got one. Norway's got a big one. Sweden, Sweden. has a huge one. Wow. Bosnia, Herzegovina, Croatia, and Slovenia have a big one too. There are a lot of interesting Christmas traditions. In these countries. Oh, my. Christmas in Scotland was observed very quietly. Because the Church of Scotland, a Presbyterian church, for various reasons, never placed much emphasis on the Christmas festival. <laughs> it looks like uh, Bosnia has Krampus. Steals presents from bad children. Ah, there's one we haven't done yet. Oceana. Yeah. There's, of course, Australia and New Zealand. Hmm. All right, well, let's see. In Australia, as with all of the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas occurs during the height of the summer season. Interesting. Christmas Day and Boxing Day which is the day after Christmas, are recognized as national public holidays in Australia, and workers are therefore entitled to a day off with pay. And the Australian traditions and decorations are quite similar to those of the United Kingdom and North America, and similar wintry iconography is commonplace. And this means a red fur coat Santa Claus riding a sleigh and carols such as Jingle Bells and various snow-covered Christmas scenes on Christmas cards and decorations appear in the middle of summer. As novelties, some Australian songwriters and authors have occasionally depicted Santa in Australian-style clothing with an Akubra hat, <laughs> with warm-weather clothing and thongs, oh God. and riding a ute <laughs> Pulled by kangaroos. Jesus. <laughs> but these depictions have not replaced mainstream iconography. Good. Good. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> by thongs, they mean flip-flops. Oh, <laughs> but Thank for some goodness. reason, they decide to call them thongs. <laughs> I mean, they probably mean the specific kind of flip-flop. Yeah. The one that has the foot thongs. But at this point, those are flip-flops in america because sandals are the ones with the little strip going just across. A strip going across right yeah i guess so still but yeah maybe that's just an australian I mean, like, be careful terminology. like what your double <laughs> your double meanings are yeah you want to cover any of these other european countries a little bit hmm you know it's christmas why not Oh, it was Christmas. <laughs> it's close. Still. Yeah. Depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> if you live in uh, Colombia, then you're still celebrating Christmas well until the next week or three. And if you're in the Philippines, just, you know, listen to this whenever, I <laughs> guess. <laughs> uh, Any time of the year. Literally. <laughs> Let's see. Sweden. Or we could just jump over to Christmas Pyramid. We could. However, <laughs> I will say that Sweden has a giant Christmas goat ah. in their article. And that kind of has me interested. <laughs> Look at that thing. The Julebuck. The Christmas holiday of Yule. Or Joel. 
is the most important holiday in Scandinavia and Northern Europe. Originally the observance of the winter solstice and the rebirth of the sun, it brought about many practices that remain in the Advent and Christmas celebrations today. The Yule season was a time for feasting, drinking, gift-giving, and gatherings, but also the season of awareness and fear of the forces of the dark. The dark side of the forces. Yes, and the light. (laughs) The Swedish Christmas celebrations begin with the first Advent, St. Lucy's Day, which is the first major Christmas celebration before Christmas itself. The eldest daughter arising early and wearing her Lucy garb of white robe, red sash, and a wire crown covered with portalberry twigs and nine lighted candles fastened in it awakens the family, singing Santa Lucia, serving them coffee and saffron buns, <laughs> thus ushering in the Christmas season. So these these nine candles are in the crown? Made of wire and twigs, yes. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> Very dangerous. Not only that, but she's also like moving around, and serving you coffee carrying, yeah. and buns and stuff. Carrying all sorts of stuff. Like, yeah. That's not the safest outfit but hey you know whatever Sweden (laughs) but yeah the schools elect a Lucia and her maids among the students and a national Lucia is elected on national television from regional winners how horrifying (laughs) the regional Lucias will visit shopping malls old people's homes and churches singing and handing out peppercacker gingerbread cookies so I guess they're kind of like the Santa Claus figures, but not. Um, boys take part in the procession as well, playing different roles associated with Christmas. Some may be dressed in the same kind of white robe, but with a cone-shaped hat decorated with golden stars, called Stjarngasser, or Star Boys. And some may be dressed up as... Tom Tennisser carrying lanterns and some may be dressed up as gingerbread men <laughs> and they participate in the singing and also have a song or two of their own usually Stefan Staldrang which tells the story of St. Stephen the first Christian martyr caring for his five horses Electric candles and glowing stars are placed in almost every window in December month in Sweden. Although December 25th, the Yuldagen, is a Swedish public holiday. And December 24th is the day when Santa Claus, Yultomt, or simply Tomt, brings the presents. Although not a public holiday, Christmas Eve is a de facto holiday in the sense that most workplaces are closed and those who work, for instance, in shops or care homes, get extra wages as a compensation. The Julemot was originally a small, invisible Christmas house gnome or dwarf (laughs) in the Nordic mythology who watched over the house and its inhabitants. An old superstition still calls for feeding the Tomti on Christmas Eve with a large bowl, or rather a small bowl, of porridge. If a bowl of porridge is not laid out for him somewhere in or outside the house, he will bring bad luck to everyone in the house the next year. The modern Tom Ten nowadays is a version of Santa Claus in red cloth and white beard, except that he doesn't enter the house through the chimney, but knocks on the door and asks, Fins detnagrasnala barnhar? Are there any nice children here? (laughs) Man, some of these things are so weird. Uh, Christmas is, as everywhere else, an occasion celebrated with food. Um, almost all Swedish families celebrate on December 24th with a Christmas table called Christmas Smorgasbord, a display of several Christmas food items. We know all about smorgasbords here in Lancaster. Um, almost all Yule board has Christmas ham, 
accompanied by other Christmas dishes such as small meatballs, pickled herring, spare ribs, small hot dogs, lutfisk, pork sausage, salmon, Janssen's frestels, or potato casserole with anchovy, and rice pudding. Odd collection of food there. Well, it is Sweden. <laughs> they do have a lot of small fish. Uh, the Christmas Yule board is served with Yule must and bev- beverage like mulled wine. Every once in a while, just gets you. And beverage like mulled wine, Christmas beer, or snaps. I don't know what snaps is. They mean schnapps. Ah. Uh, <laughs> A Scandinavian specialty is the glog, which is mauled and spiced wine with almonds and raisins, which is served hot in small cups. The different dishes of the Yule board may vary throughout Sweden from south and north, and businesses traditionally invite their employees to a Yule board dinner or lunch the weeks before Christmas. People go out privately to restaurants, which is also customarily offer uh, your board during December. Examples <laughs> of candies and treats associated with Christmas are marzipan, toffee, knack, which is quite similar to butterscotch, nuts and fruit, figs, chocolates, dates, and oranges decorated with cloves hmm. which you see a picture of right below oh, yeah. see a silly face with like a mustache thing going on there <laughs> kind of adorable uh, television also plays a big role many families watch the Disney Christmas special Kale Anka Och Hans Vander Anskar God Ul or From All of Us to All of You they can also watch Carl Bertil Johnson's Julafton which is an animated short or a rerun of the Svensson Svensson episode, Good Yule, Merry Christmas, on the TV channel SVT1. After the Yule Boar on December 24th, the presents are distributed either by the Yule Multon or a family member, and usually a sat from a sack or from under the Christmas tree where they have been laying for several days. And many Swedes still adhere to the tradition that each present should have a rhyme written on the wrapping paper to hint at the contents without revealing them. Ooh, that's I like that. I yeah. would do that. Let's start uh, trying that. Yeah, see if we can't like be witty without being <laughs> like you know revelatory. Yeah. And uh, in older days, a Yule goat was an alternative to Yule Tompton. Nowadays, it is used as an ornament ranging from sizes of 10 centimeters to huge constructions like the giant straw Christmas Gavelgoat, famous for frequently being vandalized or burnt down. Oh, no. <laughs> Sad. Uh, if one has two families to celebrate Christmas with, it is common that one of the families move their celebrations to Christmas Day or the day before Christmas Eve, commonly referred to as Little Christmas Eve. Now, after December 24th, the Christmas celebrations have more or less come to an end. Some people attend the Yulotan, an early morning church service on December 25th, and that particular service was the main service of Christmas historically, but nowadays the Midnight Mass has become increasingly popular. Others attend a simpler service called Christmas Prayer in the afternoon of Christmas Eve. However, many Swedes do not attend church at all during Christmas, as the country is very secular. Even so, most families do set up a Yulkraba, or Christmas crib. On January 13th, locally known as Nutdagen, or Jondagnut, English, the 20th day of Christmas. 20 days after Christmas, the Christmas celebrations come to an end, and all Christmas decorations Man, are removed. <laughs> yeah. When wow. they say, like, the 12 days of Christmas, that song was no joke. Yeah. Like, we don't do that, but yeah, there we, are 12 days of Christmas. Christmas, day after Christmas, there is no more Christmas anymore. Nope. <laughs> yep. Valentine's Day, roll them out. <laughs> Get them ready. Let's go. Let's do this thing. And before Christmas, it's like, there's a holiday season. There's like, yeah, 
there's decorations, there's lights, there's song on the radio, and you're buying stuff for people, but there's nothing formal about it. There's no, like, yeah. on the first day of Christmas, you actually do, like, partridge pear tree somebody. Mm. You don't do that. Like, that, that isn't a real thing. Yeah. It's just kind of alluded to that Christmas stuff might be going on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very different. Very different. Yeah, they have a lot more, like, specific traditions. and It extends. It just keeps going. So, that's interesting. Uh, let's see here. Do we want to do... Should we bounce over to Christmas Pier a bit at this point? I see where that so. takes us? I think we should go to Christmas Pier. Christmas Pier a bit. Another tradition in Saxony is related to the wooden toy making in the Ore Mountains. Especially Siphon provides Christmas-related decorations like Christmas Pyramid. <laughs> and that's how we found Christmas Pyramid. <laughs> a Christmas Pyramid is a Christmas decoration. And it has its roots in the Ore Mountains of Germany, but has become more popular throughout the country. It is suggested that the Christmas Pyramid is a predecessor to the Christmas tree. These pyramids are not limited to Christmas. In the Erzbeeg, there is a custom of dancing around the St. John's tree, a pyramid decked with garlands and flowers at the summer solstice. Not actually pyramid-shaped, the Christmas pyramid is a kind of carousel with several levels, some depicting Christian motifs such as angels or manger scenes, and others with more secular motifs such as mountain folk, forests, and other scenes from the everyday life of the people of the Erzbeeg. The spinning motion of the pyramid is traditionally achieved with the help of candles whose rising heat spins a propeller above. Nice. Yeah, man, yeah, that's was, pretty smart. I was looking at that picture and I was like, that's not a pyramid. No, and, it's very not. <laughs> and it also has a propeller at the top. So You light the candles, <laughs> heat the heat the air, the propeller moves stuff around. So is this thing just like a perpetual like floating machine that just kind of well, it doesn't hover in the air. I think you set it on the ground, and the propeller drives the wheels underneath mm. it. See those platforms okay. on which the figurines are in the article oh, here? Yeah, you can see that that's kind of like the It makes the processional happen. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's still very cool. I would like to get one for kind of things. Um, they serve mainly decorative purpose today. Filling children and adults alike with holiday cheer. Mm. Made of wood and based on four to eight-sided platforms with a long pole in the middle serving as the axle to which the entire apparatus tapers above and which supports any further platforms. Inside is a glass or ceramic support. Um, or Inside a glass or ceramic support is a drive shaft onto which at least one platform is attached. And the figures which stand on the platforms are also traditionally made of wood. So they just carve out little miniature stuff, put it on this Christmas pyramid. Oh, they were actually originally hung from the ceiling of German families' homes. And the custom eventually spread across Europe, mainly to Italy and England, and was brought to America by German immigrants in the 1700s. I have seen these around, not very often, like mostly at like pretty highbrow uh, Christmas celebrations, uh, not really like, you don't see them too often because they're pretty ornate, they're right. pretty old too, yeah. made of wooden figurines and stuff. They're cool though. But it didn't really occur to me that, like, they would be a pyramid. Like, whenever you say Christmas pyramid, <laughs> this is not what comes to my mind. Yeah. I don't know how I would more concisely name it. <laughs> the Christmas propeller thing? Like, yeah. I really don't know. But pyramid? Nah. Not the word. Not the no. word I would choose. Christmas helicopter. Christmas helicopter. <laughs> I like that. Almost looks like, uh... One of those, um... Little wind dealies that you see around here sometimes. Yeah, little windmills that the Amish use. Yeah, like the little uh, metal structures with the wheel at the top. Yeah. But if you turn the wheel sideways. And then have it be like helicopter configuration instead. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, 
This actually dates back to the Middle Ages. Wow. And the uh, tradition in Southern and Western Europe was to bring evergreen branches, like boxwood, into the home and hang them in order to ward off moroseness in the dark and cold winter months. And um, they used candles to achieve this goal in Northern and Eastern Europe. But actually, the Christmas pyramid unified these two things into one. And the forerunner of the pyramid was a construction known as a Lichtergestel, which is a light stand. And they were very popular in the 18th century. And they were uh, made out of four poles, decorated with evergreen boughs, tied together at the top, and lit with candles. And in, in the large cities, the Christmas tree, now recognizable all over the world, gradually replaced Lichtergestel. But in the mountains, the people did not see a simple tree bedecked with lights. Rather, they were reminded of the capstans, which were commonly used in the mines of the Ore Mountains. To the pyramid shape was added the spinning motion of the capstan and the earliest Christmas pyramids were born. I guess you can kind of see a Christmas tree-esque shape to these things. Yeah, I could get that. But at the same time, I'm still curious about the name. Yeah. The name Christmas Pyramids, it says here, came about because the Napoleonic campaign in Egypt at the end of the 18th century bought pictures of the pyramids back to Europe and eventually to the Ore Mountains where they reminded the people of the mining capstans and also of the Christmas constructions. An important breakthrough in the popularity of the Christmas pyramid came around 1830 with the discovery of kerosene. Previously, people had used relatively expensive candles or rapeseed oil as the means to light and spin the pyramids became much cheaper, the tradition then spread. Now, such pyramids can be found in numerous styles and sizes all over Germany as well as in many parts of the United States. Yeah. That's all there is to Christmas pyramids. Yes, sir. <laughs> cool little things, though, really? Yeah. Need to need to find out about for sure. Need to find out about all this Christmas stuff at an appropriate time of year. Yeah. It was a Christmas miracle. Yes, it was a festivus miracle, <laughs> which we also missed. Yeah, Darn it. nothing cool happened in our episodes, yeah. like lining up on calendar days or anything this year. Yeah, maybe next year. Well, at least we got something Christmassy. We got something in the season. <laughs> Heck, yeah. half the countries you talked about in this article are still celebrating Christmas at this point in time. Yes, so, yeah. So, at least somebody's going to enjoy it. Yeah. So, there you have it. From Bertilda Samper Acosta to Christmas Beer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. So, uh, please visit facebook.com slash Podcast. Give us a like and follow. Go to iTunes and rate and review us. And then... Go to ericturibio.com, twc.ericturibio.com to find new episodes, or you can find new episodes on iTunes or any podcast app that you like. And I would like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Oriole Orchestra for our outro song. Mm, All right. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Happy holidays and stuff. Christmas on Christmas. Christmas on Christmas, yeah. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Hopefully we can line up... um, New Year's and New Year's? Maybe, yeah. We got a... We can try. January 2nd episode. We can try. (laughs) Hopefully we'll get New Year's traditions. We can aim... We can do like a Fraser and pull a Fraser. (laughs) That's what I'm going to call that from now on. <laughs> How well that worked out. 
That's oh, what I so perfect. Thank you.